Ready? Yep. All right, Black Box Radio, the Fit Twins. We are back. We on set. We ready to go. We about to power up. Let's power up, D. Twin power. We ready to go. <laughs> yes, sir. Today we're going to talk about nutrition. So before we start with nutrition, we are going to say that Fig Newtons and almond ice cream <laughs> are a new, they have nutritious value. <coughs> right, D? <clears throat> Hello. <laughs> they have nutritious value. D's so like, I'm frozen. Yeah, I know. They, you know the fig newton is a, <laughs> the fig newton is a fruit is a food and an almond is a nut uh a fig is a fruit not a fig newton <laughs> good try not the newton part eh an almond is a nut <laughs> not, not the ice cream part eh right <laughs> i like how you try to squeeze all that in <laughs> <laughs> so you guys already hear how food can be one thing and then when it goes through a process it's not as nutritious. So that's where we're at. We were nutrition today. What goes in your mouth has virtual effects on your body, your health and everything. You are what you what? You are that. So what you, what you think about nutrition? Cause we have a guest, but we're gonna bring her in. But right now we're talking about what you think about your nutrition? Amadi. How's My, your yes, my nutrition or nutrition in general? Your nutrition, how are you doing with yours? Then we're going to talk about it in general. Well, um, it's actually a little bit better now because I have like a proper kitchen because we just moved and we have like a proper dining room. And so, you know, I start every meal with a salad and we have, you know, we have really good, we've been having really good dinner since I moved. So, um, so my nutrition is pretty good. I mean, yeah, I might slip up you know, every once in a while, but I don't make a big deal about it. I think making a big deal about it sometimes is a bit more detrimental um, because it's not only what uh, you eat, you mm -hmm. know, you, say you are what you eat, but I think it's also you are what you think. Huh. So you got to be careful about what you're thinking. So if you're so hard on yourself all the time and, you know, you know, that could be just as harmful as what you're putting in your mouth. That's true. That's true. Thank I'm telling you, shout out to the new brick wall. We got to give a shout out. <laughs> shout out to the new house. We see the brick wall. You see the brick wall, right, G? Shout yeah, out I to that. The brick, I see the brick wall. I, I see yeah. the brick wall. I pay a lot of money for that brick wall. <laughs> yeah, I bet I see you it's, all, it's, glo it's glossy. They it's got glossy. A little, yeah, they got a little bit of um, a, a little veneer on it to give it a little shine. So that, yeah, yeah, we got a maintenance man to come once. Yeah, you, right you ain't there. got no ashy bricks back there. <laughs> One of them ashy. And she got her glasses on so she can see they're not ashy. There we go. <laughs> Shout out to those Casey. <laughs> but you know what we didn't do? We didn't introduce you. So you got, yeah, we got to go back. You got to say who you are, what you do, Diamati. Well, I'm one of the fit twins. So I will hope by now people know who I am. But if you don't know, my name is Diamati Coleman, AKA the Belly Therapist and founder of Fit Tribe Wellness, here to serve women of color and helping them unleash their inner warrior through maintaining healthy lifestyles. So I offer fitness, I offer nutrition, and I offer um, my specialty, which is belly therapy. 
So I help women get their midsection uh, back to the way they once had it. I do a lot of healing in different ways, and those are the ways. All right. And then, you know, we always got the G-Man. Yeah, I'm here. Chilling. No Uzo tonight, just water. <laughs> Listen. Water check. Glass check. What we got? Oh, I sell athleisure wear water bottles. Hey, G, you ain't even got a straw, bro. You no. <laughs> you're taking it to the head, son. I repurpose <laughs> my bottles. What you got in there? Um, what you got, Amadi? What's up in that junk? What's in the Fit Tribe cup? H2O, baby. Aqua. That's in the black box cup. It's all, it's black, but it's white and it's clear inside. Allegedly. I mean, we we can say what we want. Mine is the only one that's apparently water. Y'all can say y'all got it. Mine is he apparently water. He's the one coming water. on the show with liquor. And he got the nerve. <laughs> you can see from the top show the, the audacity, the unmitigated gall. Oh, <laughs> it's water. The temerity. Water, son. <laughs> Tumerity. Tumerity. <laughs> the real bottle that it comes out of. Aqua. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Oh, también yo hablo español para la gente que que habla español. Okay. You know, we didn't know what that means, but I'm, mm -hmm. yeah, she said she, she speaks <laughs> Spanish. So for people who speak Spanish, they can also take advantage of sir. You know. Excellent. Look at you speaking languages on me. So I guess I'm the only African cultured only <laughs> <laughs> on the panel. Actually, that's not true. Just play, just play. So, all right, back to nutrition, back to nutrition. Do you want to talk about your nutrition? Well, Where you at? well, I mean, I've been in better places. I think one, okay. th one thing that, um, one thing that I, I try to keep it as simple as possible. I'm, I'm not... I used, I was a cook before I was a cook in the army. I went to culinary school. Oh. I can, I can cook. Um, but once I started living by myself, I was less inclined to cook just for myself. I was like used to cooking for my family and stuff like that. So there was a period of time where I just got kind of lazy about really preparing stuff for myself. Uh, just because I don't really, I, you know, it's like whatever, but more, but more recently I have been doing more meal prep. So it just alleviates the urge to just eat some junk. I'll prepare, you know, prepare some meals on Sunday and that'll carry, carry me through most of the week. So I know that I am at least getting some balanced nutrition and less likely to just grab a bag of chips or just, you know, get something yeah. offhand. So um, in terms of, of that, I feel good about it. Um, the choices within that, I, I'm not really as discerning uh, in terms of the items that are in my diet, but I don't do as much junk food, you know, so that's, um, you know, I, I guess that's where I am. Okay. I'm eating, I eat pretty much anything and probably a more, more of it than I need to sometimes. Uh, sometimes I eat for the future, you know. <laughs> I think we all do eat for the future. <laughs> he said he eat for the future. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I think we all do that <laughs> to a point. So mm -hmm. nutritious wise, because our um, sister Ajawa is being in about three minutes. Um, what can you tell the people before our specialists, our guests come in? Wait a minute, did we talk uh, about you? We said I'm I'm the 
fake news. Fake news. Oh, that was your piece on nutrition, fake news. Oh, you were talking about well, my nutrition. Um, it's pretty good. I do um walk on the wild side, but my wild side is really fig newtons, um, almond ice cream. Um, I really keep it really close to trying to be as healthy as possible. I am really on this um self-care thing and I want to be strong. I want to be um, in pretty good shape. I want to stay a fit twin. I don't want to be a fat twin. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for me to continue on this path and um, enroll with these personal trainers and these belly masters, I try to keep my nutrition in a pretty good space. What's your favorite like, meal right good. now? Like, what's your favorite meal? Like, your favorite thing to well, eat I'm right eating now? Well, I'm eating these, you know, I like these Beyond Burgers. Have you tried those? Have you guys tried those? Yeah, that's not in my budget, but I have tried it, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good. So I've, um, I had, I'm going to have one when I'm done. Um, I usually try to have one after I work out. I eat those. I eat a lot of sea bass. Um, a lot of the fish that they can't farm. Um I'm eating green beans right now and 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 um, some fish. That's like dinner. But tonight I have a protein burger, that the Beyond Burger. But that's I stay within the realm of that. I, my my biggest problem is I love eggs. I want one of them every day. Maybe that's a fried egg. Maybe that's my issue. But other than that, I do pretty good. Why do you say you have your issue? What what is that? One fried egg is an issue. Egg come from chickens. I don't do too many meat. I don't do meat at all, hardly. So I, you know, but I don't think I ever give up eggs. I just really love those. It's my favorite food. So I try to have one three times a week, but I sometimes do the four to five times a week because I really like eggs. But other than that, I do pretty good. I think, you know, you get on me about my fig newton and all of that. But other than that, I do pretty good. I don't really eat outside of my, I prep everything I don't eat outside. I eat with them, eat from my own hands. Mm -hmm. So. I do pretty good. good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm a converted fat girl, so it's hard for me sometimes. I've been fat all my life, so you know, when you when you get smaller, it's hard to give up those uh habits, you know, and the mindset. You always think like a fat girl. You know, it takes a like you said, you default back to where you used to be. So I really try to stay. In the moment, Ajua. 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 Oh, excuse me. Ajua. Hello. Hello. Ajua. How's everybody? Good, good. Our good. special guest is here. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And so it's Ajua. Yeah. Ajua. That's a beautiful name. Oriomi. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Let me see. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't phonetic that one out for us. So. No, I know, right? <laughs> Let me stay over here with Adwa. Okay. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you all doing? It's all right. I love that puff to the back, sis. Everybody I puffed out. I got to <laughs> Thank you. I love yours too, and yours too, and yours too. Jeep, <laughs> love yours too. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. That's, those days are over. There was a moment when I first got out of the army that I was I was like, you know what? I'm gonna grow my hair out now. I'm gonna see if I could get me like some braids, and you know that was. But my my joint had already went too far back to try to start doing all that. So <laughs> I just had to keep out. it keep it where it was at. It's all good. I missed I missed the boat on that. Okay, it's all good. It's all good. 
Well, we are so blessed to have you tonight. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. And we're talking about nutrition. So we had a pre-conversation, me and you, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so she knows about the disclaimer for the fig newton and the almond ice cream. We talked about <laughs> <laughs> that's nutritious in my world. But um, we're here to kind of give the people some tools and to talk about nutrition and how it affects your, your body, your health and everything. So kind of take us in and what you do and what nutrition is to you. So I think for me, nutrition is life. You know, I'd like to say to start there. And as I shared with you, sis, earlier, I come from the perspective of uh, holistic nutrition. So I think that we nourish and uh, we nourish the mind, we nourish the body, we nourish the spirit. You can't leave any of those out. Those are like your pillars of health. Right. If one of them is broken, then your foundation is sagging. And so you have to address all of those areas, um, in my opinion, to have optimal health. So that's the that's the direction that I move from is in, in terms of looking at the triad, looking at those things to help people to maintain optimal health. Now, just from a um a dietary perspective, I think it could be very simple. I think uh, things are made very complex intentionally uh, in terms of helping people to figure out what is uh, the best way to approach nutrition. And I like to just think it, it can boil down to simple principles of definitely eating whole foods, um, eating foods when they're in season, eating foods, um, you know, when your body tells you to, as opposed to eating just because you're bored or um, you see somebody else eating and so something triggers you, or you to eat or eating out of emotional response. Mm-hmm. So if you focus in on those things, hydration should be a significant part of that. So making sure that... <laughs> <laughs> No, don't you say no hydration. <laughs> we all gonna, hey, next time next time you say hydration, I'm gonna get the next time you say hydration, I'm gonna get lotion. We're gonna keep it completely moist around here. Okay. Well, and you know what? If you're drinking your if we're drinking our fluids, particularly water in the way we should, sometimes we don't need all of that extra stuff that we put on our bodies. Like, right, right. But you know what though? It seems like it seems like no how no matter no matter how much water I drink, these heels. Uh, um, I, you got into some you got into some of your main points, but I feel like we don't even know who you are yet. So, um, so as part of my main points, I guess that's I just live that way, so I just assume like that's me. But uh, so I can back up and tell you a little we bit because I'm yeah I'm curious about you. I'm like you know you bring in the side but you know okay. So I, how I got started on my journey of health, first of all, I was born um, in South Carolina. And if you know anything about the South, you know uh, our people down there love their chitlins and um, all types of fried foods and all of that, right? So of course I didn't, I didn't partake in that. I just never, you know, never liked that type of stuff. But anyway, that's, I'm just, that's the basis of where I, my origins are right outside of Africa, of course. But um, so I started there, I moved to uh, the Washington DC area to go to school. 
after that, uh, stayed like in the uh, Washington metro area for a while, started to experience some chronic bronchitis like every year. Like I was out for a week, whether it was school, um, whether it was work, it was like with the change of the seasons. So when the seasons changed from um, summer to fall, I would actually go into this a real severe case of chronic bronchitis. So I was going to the doctor, you know, getting the inhalers, pumps and all that kind of stuff and just wasn't working. So I started doing my own investigation and reading. And back then, you know, we didn't have, I'm just dating myself, but we didn't have the internet. So it was like reading books, uh, listening to lectures. And I started to um, realize that, you know, when you go to the doctor, uh, they're really experimenting on you. So that's why they say, try this drug and we'll see how it works. Try that drug. It's all an experimentation process for some. So I said, if they could do that and I still wasn't getting the results that I needed, let me figure out how I could experiment on myself. So at the time I was um, a big lover of uh, dairy products. And I read where um, dairy products created mucus in uh, in the respiratory system. And that led to other things like bronchitis, asthma, and all that. So I said, okay, let me just do an experiment. Let me cut it out, see what happens. Did that, never, ever had bronchitis in my life again. So um, at that point, I started to figure out, okay, let me see what else I can do to improve my health. And so I started to uh, transition from um, a meat-based diet to a plant-based diet. Didn't do it very well because you know, it's still a very high carb processed diet. And so um, while I did lose weight, I still didn't feel like I had optimal health. So I started researching and figuring out what did I need, what was missing in my, my diet? What did I need to replace that I had taken out? And then I just started to live a healthier life. And I decided, you know what, uh, I'm going back to school and I'm really going to study this um, uh, and make a career out of it. So I went back and I got my master's degree in nutrition. And then from there, I studied with some of the, um, like uh, Dr. Africa. I went through his naturopathic uh, uh, course to be a, a quote unquote, you know, naturopathic doctor, if you will, because there's the naturopathic path that you can go through through an institution, but then there's a naturopathic path that you can go through uh, by studying with uh, an elder or studying with somebody that has been in the field for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I studied with him. And, and then I just studied other people's nutritional information and um, started to see clients, started to teach classes. And that's what I do today is I um, have clients that I meet with one-on-one, but I also teach classes. I teach diabetes prevention classes. I teach um, diabetes self-management classes, chronic disease classes, and things of that nature. How long was it when you when you left college the first time and when you went back? Like, what was that journey of experimentation? I know Dee talked a lot about experimenting, being a getting pig uh, for herself and figuring out what works for her. How long was that experimental phase for you between uh, finishing college and then going back for formal training. Wow, that was a couple of, that was, uh, I would say, wow, probably, probably at least 10 years or so, Mm -hmm. 10 to 15 years, actually, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. 
And you said you're from South Carolina. Where in South Carolina? A little town called Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's Rock. south side of Charlotte, North Carolina. I tell people Charlotte. I just came from South Carolina last week. My mom lives in Mount Pleasant. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you got some roots down there. Down there in Charleston. Yeah, we sisters. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about when I talk about the... Uh... <laughs> I know yeah. all about it. Yeah. My, father yeah. ate, my father ate everything that, came, that ran outside from coons to possum. Whatever was outside, they cooked it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they still doing it now too. Venison. <laughs> you go to you go to a family something. They got the hog spinning. Yes, sir. Yeah, they eat that meat. So, um, but I eat none of it. But I grew up like that, so I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about, and it, it leads to a lot a lot of issues. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And actually, that was one of the drivers for me too, because um, every I would say that a, a lot of folks in my family have diabetes, uh, high blood pressure, yeah. and um, I was just determined that that was not going to be my fate because, you know, people say it's your genetics. Uh, I'm not a believer in that particular uh, way of thinking. I know we, it's all genetics, but it's, do you, how do you turn them on and how do you turn them off, right? So that's what I where I move from. How what are we doing? I look at patterns. I look at cycles. How do you? What are you doing that would turn on that particular gene? And then what can you do to turn it off? So while I may have other issues, that's not one of them that I have because I made a conscious effort to change my diet and not just the diet though to add in the physical component to it and not and beyond the physical component. You know, I'm very much a believer in. Um, mindfulness. So getting deep into the meditation, into the yoga, to Qigong, you know, to other types of energetic work. Because as I said, when you come into it from a whole perspective, you can look at just, you can, the food can take you a long ways, but it can also, it, it can't combat completely um, the distress that is put on your body from stress, emotional stress and all of those types of things and you know as, as African people we are constantly under emotional stress if we live anywhere in the world where that's being dominated by you know European people so we are mindful of ways to take care of ourselves uh, beyond the food and the physical activity itself hmm you said Shunga you know you can't say something I don't know what that is you said Qigong oh Qigong what's that so Qigong comes out of uh, Asia hmm. and it's a, a type of energy, you know, there's a certain ways that you move and breathe to move energy through your body, right? And so a lot of times we've been taught like, you know, well, well the physical activity, we, we think of, we got to lift weights, we got to run to keep the body strong, where in some certain indigenous cultures in Asia, that they're able to strengthen their body simply by doing certain slow movements with the breath, you know, slow repetitive movements where they're moving and building up their energy field so that you can see, you could probably even go, you know, uh, pull up a YouTube, you can see an elder that's like 80 years old that can defend themselves against a young person. And it, it, it's kind of a spinoff from the martial arts, if you will, but it's more of the spiritual component of the martial arts, oh, the spiritual energetic component. 
Oh, that's my karate movie, movies where you see the, the gray haired guy. He is tough. Right. You know, and he right. moves. He just. Exactly. <laughs> you exactly. know, so, okay, I love it. You know, we learned a lot about breathing. I don't know if you saw our last episode. We talked about breathing. So here we go again. Okay. This breathing. Yeah. This thing is coming by me again. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know this much of, but I knew, never know breathing was so important that you could use it for many so many different things well you knew breathing was important because like you know. <laughs> i mean you gotta breathe <laughs> well, I, let me see you know just stop for a second well, you, see how, breathe, you can hear I how, how important breathing in is in about 30 seconds I just mean, stop I, doing I, it inhale, exhale has can can make you more healthy that you can lose weight you know amadi has me breathing every night to lose some pounds so i you know i did some yoga so I'm just learning a lot. And I did comedic yoga. Oh, that's, Yeah, that started in Ethiopia. And there's a young lady here that teaches it. It's amazing. And so I'm learning so much. So that's why I can eat my fig newtons and my almond ice cream. I have a wonderful brother, a brother, Kwesi Karamoko, um, who is in Baltimore now, who teaches comedic yoga. I used to study with him for many, many years. Wow. Uh, comedic yoga. So you have a, another resource over there too of, of a brother who's, he's phenomenal. I mean, he's like six, what, six, three, six, four, can do a straight sl- split, you know? Um, and just, cause he's just that flexible. He's been doing comedic yoga. That's good. And um, I appreciate your pivot away, how smooth you pivoted away from the fig new. That was real. That was real. That was real. real Tai Chi of you to redirect that energy away from the fig new and back to comedic yoga. Yeah, that was that was real. What you say? You gonna start practicing your splits? Oh no! no I didn't sir. say anything about that. I, I don't know where you got that. I was talking about that 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 segue back into the comedic. I would yoga. love you to split. That would change this whole Zoom call. <laughs> but no, I I see you pivoted from my. And that's what we talked about. Stay away from the big Newtons. You're doing good. I, I like you already. You keep it up. Keep up the good work. <laughs> you know, I told you it was. It's about balance too. You know, I'm, I'm it is. You're gonna balance. So, if that's your one thing, it can be so much. It can be so much worse than that. Thank you. So, see, you gotta stay around. You gotta stay around. <laughs> but look, I don't know the whole conversation, so right. she might be setting me up, y'all. So. Right, yeah. yeah. I, never I, never I never have an ally, so I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but you're started you also um you're a certified Reiki instructor, right? So what what is that? I always hear what is what is that? It's just it's another form of energy work. So it's almost like if you think about the old, you know, old school days when people say lay hands on you <clears throat> and you heal. So it's also, you can either touch someone or you can actually be, uh, keep your hands at a certain distance off the body or you can send distance. Um, Reiki is almost like you're sending energy through a prayer to someone, right? Mm-hmm. So again, that's a, it's a, a technique, an energy technique that comes out of um, Japan primarily. And um, you just, like I said, you just, there's certain hand positions and places that you place the hands on the body to help to rebalance the energy in the body, you know, because from um, a different, a lot of indigenous perspectives as well as Asian and African, that 
sometimes what we have illness in the body is because of an underlying energetic type thing that's going on, right? So it's like you're trying to get down to the core or the cause of what is creating that energetic disturbance in the body. And so the Reiki, the Qigong, all of those types of things, yoga too, all the breath work, all of those types of things get at that or they help to get at that imbalance within the energetic balance within the body. Did you come I'm across that during- one. I never told you that. What? I'm certified, I've got my first attunement. So I'm uh, certified in the Usui uh, branch of Reiki. What's it called? Reiki. You saying no five letter syllables. What's it I'm a Qigong my way into a different part of the conversation. <laughs> Help me out. You know I'm a little. No, uh, she, she, uh, uh, Dee was saying she also certified at level one. Um, that what was the branch of Reiki that you think you mentioned? Usui. Mm. Wow. That's amazing. I, I'm just learning so much. I'm, I feel inspired because when my mother said she's going to lay hands on you, it was Reiki. <laughs> Gonna, gonna work you out a little bit. Whoa. It wasn't no, it wasn't no energy. It was real energy. So, did so, you get exposed I mean, to these? Um, did you get exposed to these practices during your naturopathic study, or was that something that you you know, kind of discovered in your own personal journey? It's my own personal journey because I I just love you know I just love to research and I love to um, try different things and I once I opened myself up. It's interesting because, you know, when I decided to become culturally and politically conscious, then everything else just opened up for me. You know, then I was, because for me, you know, initially what sort of held me back from those things was like being brought up under certain traditions and, you know, they have their place for people. But for me, I need, for my, my person needed to be outside of those traditions in order to be expand, expand myself and allow myself to grow and to be open to other things. So once I did that, you know, the political consciousness, you know, um, going to lectures with like um, uh, Dr. Marema Ani, Dr. Ben, uh, Dr. Clark, um, all of those, Dr., uh, Dr. Ben and all those people like that, that just really, once I started to open up politically, it just opened me up so much to so many other things and so many ways of looking at the world. And so that's when all of the stuff started happening all at once. Hmm. I think I, I kind of can attest to that when you start trying learning your African history, yeah, open yourself and know how great you are. Yeah. Then, then you understand that some of this westernization that we've been that's been pushed upon us, it doesn't it doesn't sit well with you anymore, you know. Right. And I was I was brought up as this devout Christian, and that really doesn't sit real well with me anymore. And mm -hmm. um, I needed more. Yeah. And as I got more, I wanted to be more healthy. It's a lot of more things that I started, you know, gravitating towards because I I went past what I was taught. Yeah. You know, and tradition and and my in South Carolina they're very traditional. And um, when I started wanting to know about my African self, it changed the game. You know what's so interesting, Queen, though, that in, in the South, they're very traditional, but they're very African. Yes. But like you just true. can't say it. You just can't, you can't say it, but the traditions are there. The healing is verbal healing. I mean, yep. my grandma used to say, you know, 
um, when something was wrong or if, if you had like a boil or whatever, put an onion on it, slice up an onion and put that onion on it. Or, um, you know, they, she would have us, like my, my great grandfather actually had um, really diabetes real bad to the point where his leg was amputated. But when he came out of the hospital, he started t drinking peach tree leaves. He started boiling the leaves from the peach tree and he was able to get off insulin. He was able to get off all medication, just going back to his ways of knowing and doing things. So we, it's so interesting, the parallelism between um, what, you know, the Southern culture and the <laughs> African culture, but because we've been so um, scarred by this Western civilization, and white supremacy, you can't say that. You can't make that, it's, it's too painful to make that connection to who we are in our ways. So therefore, you know, we live it. You just can't call it that though, you know? So, You're so yeah. right. My mother is the, I remember when I was young, I got a, 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 a pencil lead in my hand. Mm -hmm. she, she put some on and put some pork fat on top of it. I went to sleep the next morning and the lead was in the pork fat. Yeah. I mean, all of these ailments, she makes this, this is something, if you have a cold, the mm -hmm. next morning it's with, um, it's, it has corn liquor in it, but it has other stuff. And when you, you take one drink of it, I'm telling you, cold people can't play with that, that tonic. Exactly. I mean, she makes these things and she's never had any, but she learned from her grandmother. Yeah. And exactly. she makes these things, this tea and things. When I tell her I'm sick, she tells me what to do. <laughs> and it's amazing it's it's all remedies so she goes and gets this bush in Georgia <laughs> and she makes a tea from it and it's she got stopped by the cops and they told her she was moving <laughs> drugs across state lines <laughs> I said you're going to jail making tea <laughs> but I mean that's that's just how amazing the south is and people don't recognize that's all African culture that is it yep. that is it yep 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 Amada you step in here twin Talk to Ajawa, Ajawa. Well, I talk to Ajawa very frequently. Right. We, we talk every Monday. Really? We talk every Monday. I might be doing something and, you know, but we, we you know, and if it's not a Monday, we, we you know, might switch the day every once in a while, but we check in every week. Um, it's been months now, I think. Yeah. So yeah. But we don't hear that though, but we don't get to hear that. We want y'all to talk it here in front of us. Thank you. <laughs> act like, act can, like we're not say, here. Just talk, I act like we're not here. Amadi is, Amadi is a, a inspiration to me. She's been very supportive to me. And I just feel like there's just a natural synergy because I, I feel like we have a similar aims and missions in terms of our own um, business. But beyond, because business seemed to minimize it to me. I think be, uh, in terms of our purpose, you know, our life's purpose. Mm -hmm. And so we just kind of vibe off with each other, whether it's um, around fitness, it's around nutrition, it's around her belly therapy. You know, we just try to feed and support each other in that way. And I just love it because, you know, we get to prove and show to the world that, you know, it's it's not true. Sisters can work together. You know, people can work together. Our people can work together. Um, <laughs> We can work together. We can support each other um, selflessly. Like, you know, we can, you know, I can give her an idea 
whether she takes it or not, you know, but I, I you know, it, you know, it's like we are unconditionally supportive of one another without this, um, this scarcity mindset that if I give this information to her, then I am less than, or I won't be successful. There's, there's no, there's none, it, it has never been any of that from the day right. we were introduced. Yes, and we've even, we've done a focus group together. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I helped Audra put a, uh, helped, helped her support her in her uh, focus group for prenatal and postpartum uh, mothers. Um, I feel like we've done other things too. What else, what else have we done? Y'all did black box. And this and this next focus and this next focus group that you're gonna do is even gonna be even more focused because you know Amadi can see now. So she's so gonna be even more focused. She got um, glasses. She got glasses. glasses. I, I, I want to um I know you when you started out, you talked about sort of a three-pillar um approach that, that you were speaking about. I, I sort of have, and you've been talking a lot about energy. I have something that's kind of specific to where we are now, sort of in the pandemic and energetically the um, sort of the fallout of working and living in the same place. It's like um, being stagnated, you know, you just constantly in the same space. It almost feels like you stacking up ghosts in the corner because you don't have a separate place for all your identities. Everything is in one place. Um, and energetically, I know that that has a big impact on you emotionally, and then that can kind of spill into other areas of your wellness. So in terms of um, dealing with that from an energetic standpoint, and then also from dealing with the other areas that you're talking about, can you speak a little bit about what you've seen during the pandemic as you work with people? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen a certain amount of, of anxiety that people are dealing with. I mean, young people, old people, it's really incredible in terms of the level of anxiety that we are, <clears throat> people are feeling and dealing with. And so what I, you know, really emphasize at this point, even though we're in the house, you can always go outside, always go outside. And when you go outside, because you know, it just being in the air, there's these negative ions that we uh, breathe in that energizes and cleanse us on a certain level. So it, even if it's just going outside, keep it, you know, what I try to do to keep a window cracked in the house, even if it's cold, there should be some kind of airflow because that moves the energy as well. Um, making sure that you have, you know, your window still cracked, but really getting outside, um, going back to your discussion that you had last time in terms of the breathing, the breathing is gonna move um, that energy as well. And then um, making sure that you're tuned in to positive energy. So don't sit up and look at the news all day, you know, <laughs> or don't look, don't sit up and look at uh, movies that are going to generate more negative or anxiety building, uh, anxiety invoking feelings inside of you. Um, be very intentional about, you know, setting up a routine. You know, I usually tell my clients first, you know, first five, 10 minutes in the morning. That should be your self-care time initially. You should have more than that, but it, that should be your self-care time. So even uh, getting up, you know, doing some stretches, doing some yoga, doing your breath work, um, you know, taking a, a step outside. Usually sometimes even when it gets really cold, even when it's cold, I go out on the front porch 
And I wrap myself up and I sit out in a chair and I just breathe and look up at the sky for a few minutes. Cause, and that just like showers me with these negative ions. So when I go back in the house, you know, cause when you stay in the house and you step outside, you realize just how closed in you, you are. And so you, your energy, you can even feel the expansiveness of your energy just by stepping outside and being outside for a few minutes. So it's essential, no matter what time of the year it is, even when it snows, it's just take a step, open up the door, take a step outside and just allow those negative ions to just feel your energy field. And then you step in and you'll just see the difference in, in the transition or transformation that, that, that something that simple can make. And a couple of things that work for me in addition to what she said, um, saging your home, I think is a good idea also um, in um, decluttering and like really going through, taking some time and, and looking around. Um, I got packed stuff everywhere. So I like, I didn't bring nothing that wasn't going to be used. So I would, you know, I would look around your place and like get rid of some things. And that also helps the flow of energy from sweat. <laughs> Right. So, Queen looking around. So if you got like a lot of clutter, you know, then there might be issues with energy flow throughout your home. So I would I would say that as well. Every, every, and then some other, some some other things too. Um, because as you're talking, it just triggers other thoughts. Um, using essential oils, <clears throat> having an essential oil diffuser in the house, yeah, and using certain oils. Um, Example for an example, um, I usually if you're feeling down, I always you know recommend using something like pink grapefruit or some of the citrusy oils because they have the energetics of uplifting you up. And also for people that you know that um, may be trying to lose weight or whatever, they also act somewhat as the appetite suppressant. So just having them. Um, being diffused in the in the air can help, and then if you need some more calming oils, you know people naturally go to lavender, uh, sweet margarine, chamomile, you know those types of oils, and even some uh, if you need to be inspired, you know peppermint is a is one that can uh, do that. Any of those type of mints, um, rosemary, uh, putting a drop of that in your shower uh, can be very invigorating for you as well. So just little things, it doesn't even take a lot, but those plants have their own energetic imprint. And when you use them in whatever form, whether it's an herbal form or an essential oil, they can create and uh, move the energy around. And I'm also into crystals. So like putting a nice quartz crystal or a nice uh, black tourmaline to absorb negative energy, negative energy um, yeah. from your home. And so like on the kitchen counter, <clears throat> I usually have a nice quartz there because that sort of neutralizes things. And I also have um, an amethyst um, quartz, uh, that I put there as well. So I usually have it around um, a, a, a bouquet of flowers. So I'll go somewhere and get some an inexpensive bunch of flowers and just little things like that shift the energy as well you know i was going to say like that that promote a lot of um that produce a lot of oxygen that are really good mm -hmm. for the home oh i wow. saw a queen up there eating the air i'm eating this <laughs> you said yeah just, I, I'm, I'm full you said um <laughs> like, the, uh, wow. the rosemary in the shower mm -hmm. 
Um, you can you can use it in the shower. You can use it anywhere. You you can put right. a drop on a cotton ball, and you can put that somewhere like under your pillow if you want to just uh, lie down and just absorb the um, the smell. You can put it in the diffuser. I like to just do it in the morning in the shower because it's more energizing for me. But right. And, and implied in that is take that shower because you know sometimes <laughs> when you, you know take that shower we can't just assume that people are staying clean out here when they ain't got no routine sometimes right. people just kind of like you know they break that routine you should, you know it's true so wow. get up <laughs> yeah well, i hope you Thank take you for clarifying that, really appreciate it. i hope yeah i just gotta i just gotta keep it 100 so well, that's true if you're a teenage boy that lives in my house. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you. got to tell them. Not only teenagers. Don't even me. assume it. Don't assume it. Just say, not only teenagers. Yeah, take that shower and use the rosemary. You, you know, <laughs> you got to emphasize the shower part. As long that's as you true. in there, go ahead and put a drop of rosemary. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Listen, so I really want to get into, because you said something about um, diabetes, which is a metabolic disease. And yes, it has genetic connotations, but anything metabolic that you're eating and that's your body going to proce the process with your metabolism. So if you eat different, it definitely can change the outcome of what diabetes is because it is a metabolic disease. So um, to be intentional about becoming a, not becoming a diabetic and not going down that path, which is ravaging the black community. Um, and I tell people, white people have diabetes too. Don't get it twisted. They have diabetes too. They just have a bigger population here. We have an issue because we have a smaller population and such a large onset of, of diabetes. Course. You know, so that's the difference. I live in the city, um, Ajwa. Yeah, you can't you, you can't mute yourself while you're talking. That doesn't work. You can't like it'll turn out the siren. You're just gonna have to let it ride. I try to just I stop to, talking. If you could, you I know. Try queen, good try. Okay, okay. I didn't it, it didn't work it out, so I just no, said I. Now we just it. don't know what you're talking about. I live down there. <laughs> <laughs> so I want black people to be intentional about just di diabetes, and we don't understand that diabetes and high blood pressure—they're married. So usually, the onset of di being a diabetic, you become a person with high blood pressure, or a person with high blood pressure becomes a diabetic that they have this synergy with each other that is not a good synergy. So when it comes to nutrition and it comes to, of course, all of these other modalities you're talking about when it comes to stress and being able to take, have self-care, what can we do as a people and nutritious wise to change this dynamic, this paradigm with this diabetic, with diabetes? So, yeah, that's... Um, and we're going into the holidays, you know, we're about to eat, yeah. you know, yeah. so it's a lot of things. Yeah, that, absolutely. And, you know, what people don't want to hear about is what they need to let go of. So I'll start with what you can add first, okay. and then we'll talk about that. So um, in terms of dealing with the, uh, with diabetes, hypertension, mm -hmm. while they mm -hmm. are metabolic diseases, Mm -hmm. A lot of diseases that we're dealing with, and there's a lot of research that's being done out there now, is dealing with the gut microbiome. Mm. And so that has a lot to do with uh, a lot of the conditions that we're dealing with, because you can have two people that can have the same diet and one might end up being diabetic and have hypertension and the other one does not. 
Mm-hmm. And people, and, and they have done studies where they have twins who one twin, you know, they ate the same way, but one twin ended up with a certain certain chronic disease and the other one did not. And it's like, well, why is that? So what they're finding uh, in terms of research is really is we all are have this bio-individuality. And so that is uh, rooted in your gut, which is called a microbiome. So we have different makeups of bacteria and good, bad, and um, different things in the gut. And based upon how your your gut health is, that's gonna determine other aspects of your health and like as, as it relates to diabetes, hypertension, uh, inflammatory bowel disease, a whole lot of heart, heart disease even. Um, so what I would say is to really start there, okay? So start in the, with the gut and eat healthy foods that will have healthy microbiome, uh, bio, uh, healthy bacteria and things like that in it. For example, like your fermented foods, right? So people might think, oh, you know, I don't want to eat sauerkraut. I, wanna, I don't want to eat kimchi, but it's a reason why indigenous cultures have had fermented foods uh, that they've eaten. Sauerkraut? Yeah, sauerkraut. Sauerkraut, um, fermented vegetables, fermented millet in, in, uh, on the continent. They ferment a lot of the, have used to ferment a lot of the grains to make okay. them more digestible, but also to make sure that microbiome stay balanced so that to prevent diseases, right? So I would say start out with, um, you know, some healthy uh fermented type foods, add that to your diet. You don't have to start out with a whole plate. You can start off eating a spoonful every day. In addition to that, I would add in lots of leafy green vegetables at least because what I find working with clients and we're teaching classes, very few people are getting in a minimum of five to seven servings of vegetables. Now people eat more fruit and even that is lacking in some cases, but the eating, start off with your green leafy vegetables and different types of vegetables because they have your phytonutrients, your phytochemicals. They have like your greens, all those things. They have a lot of the, the minerals that you might be missing in the case where people have diabetes or uh, hypertension. Sometimes they are low in magnesium, they're low in potassium, and those things can be balanced when you're eating um, more of that and getting that in your diet. So I would say eating a lot of um, a lot of vegetables, increase your vegetable and fiber intake. Fiber is key as well. So on average, um, a woman should be getting 25 grams of fiber. That's minimum. A man should be getting 34 grams of fiber. That's minimum. Most people are not getting that. Most people are getting at least like five to 10 grams of fiber per day, right? So when you're talking to fiber, what fiber does for you, it's so fascinating. It does so many things because it slows down the uh, uptake of glucose into sugar into the bloodstream. So it helps that sugar from being elevated so quickly. Um, And so that's one way to balance it so that you can kind of, if you are already there where you're dealing with um, um, blood glucose issues, that's one way to kind of manage it, to get the fiber, lots of healthy fiber, whole, whole foods. When I say whole, I'm not saying, I'm not saying if, if it's not on a tree, 
if it's not like even if you eat if you're a meat eater that's a whole food but it's not something that's packaged put in a box and labeled under a different name and it doesn't have though it has very little nutrients that's not a whole food right so i'm talking about eating food in their natural as possible as much as possible in their natural state right so that's uh, one of the, the ways to be able to mitigate or prevent those types of diseases. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, for us as a people, I think we shouldn't have any more than 1500 milligrams of sodium in our diet, which usually we have a lot more than that. And that's really literally one teaspoon of, of salt, you know, for the day. And usually, you know, we do way more than that. So starting from that perspective of, of adding in those wonderful nutrients before we start taking things out. Now, you do have to take some things out and you do, or you do have to um, modify certain things. So uh, I, I teach people too, in terms of, yes, you can have certain things, but we have to focus in on our portion, right? You can't just allow yourself to eat an unlimited amount of processed carbs or whatever. Now, if you wanna eat an unlimited amount of veggies, uh, non-starchy veggies in particular, you know, that's okay. But you want to look at how are you managing your food on a daily basis in terms of what are you putting on your plate? And ideally, you know, you want to start with like maybe even a nine inch plate. That's what we, you know, I tell people start with like a nine inch plate and just visualize the circle, that plate in the circle and put a, a, a line in the middle. And half of that should be, I think half of that should be raw vegetables it could be a salad it could be <laughs> things like that and then the other half, you can put that other half you want to uh, cut it up into quarters one quarter that can be your protein and then the other quarter that can be your steamed or cooked vegetable right because there's the other the, uh, another principle called food combining so a lot of times we eat we eat our uh proteins, fats, everything together, our starch, our proteins together. Well, that's not optimal for your digestive system. That's just what we had to do for survival. You know, our, our beans and rice, you know, that's what we did to survive. But now that we know that those things are not necessarily the best way to eat, then you have to start looking at how do we transition away from that to where we're combining our food better so that we're getting better digestion, right? So, uh, the portion size the uh, is very important and the combination of what you're eating is very important. And then in terms of really getting to the point where you are eliminating the processed carbs, uh, because what, what I find is... is <laughs> is is about, Fig Newton a processed carb? Would that qualify <laughs> as a processed carb? Right. So what I <laughs> asked a question and I did this to myself. Right, right. When I did it, well, I added in a whole heap before I said, okay, let's well, At least I'm doing my water. Right. So, um, you know, people uh, say, you know, they, they hear the word carbs and they think that's the enemy, right? Carbs is not the enemy because, you know, your vegetables are carbs, your fruits are carbs. You don't want to eliminate those, but people are more willing to eliminate their fruits uh, because of carbs than they are processed foods. Right, they still want to hold on to their bread. They still want to hold on to all that stuff, but they will let let the fruit go because they've been told that that elevates their blood glucose levels. So I would say, 
you understand a carb is not a carb. You got to understand what kind of carb you're dealing with. Uh, it's particularly when you have blood glucose issues and hypertension. So cutting, eliminating the processed carbs or at least minimizing those uh, can be very helpful. And if you do those things, because, you know, even in the allopathic medicine, they have shown that basically uh, uh, blood sugar issues and hypertension are lifestyle issues related to food and exercise. So if you can do those base two basic things, you can take yourself out of that situation if you not if you haven't gone too far down the path. So even science is saying that you know yeah. diet and exercise for those those they might not say that for everything else, but which it is it is relevant for everything else in my opinion. But for us, those are two uh, chronic diseases that they themselves say, if you can do those two things, you can move yourself out of that um, zone of being a, a diabetic or having hypertension. So it can, it can be just that, that simple. And there have been studies that have been done by the CDC to show the effectiveness of metformin, which is like the number one um, drug that they give uh, for people for diabetics mm-hmm. versus lifestyle changes around food and exercise and overwhelmingly the food the people in the food and exercise um, group were able to not become diabetic they were looking at pre-diabetes actually they were able to prevent themselves from going into a diabetic state more so than people than giving them metformin because that didn't that just slowed the process down but it didn't stop them from becoming a diabetic Wow. Can you talk a little bit in terms of uh, diabetes um, about some of the foods that may contribute to um, to acquiring this this disease? Because I think a lot of people assume it's the sugary foods. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I, I feel like based on my research, that may not be the case. So can you talk about that? So so there are the sugary foods, but there are processed, you know, actually most food, you know, when you eat foods, they generally turn into glucose in the body, right? Some faster than others. And there's a whole scale of the glycemic index uh, and all those types of things. And there's certain foods that you eat or that will actually increase your blood glucose levels that are not sugary foods. Um, so there are like the refined foods for sure that may not have sugar in them that will elevate their blood glucose levels. Um, Refined foods, I'm talking about processed foods. And then, and some people really who are like um, heavy carnivores, uh, sometimes that also can contribute to the situation. So those are the types of things that can lead to um, blood glucose dysregulation. And getting back to outside, stepping outside of the food, stress is another big component because stress impacts the adrenal glands and the adrenal glands produce the cortisol. And the cortisol is uh, something that actually helps to do a lot of things in the body, but primarily for those two conditions that you're talking about and others, um, it usually keeps inflammation in check. Inflammation is, uh, is an underlying uh, level of inflammation is present in diabetes, people usually with diabetes, hypertension, and other chronic illnesses. And so what happens is that with when you have all that cortisol floating around in the body due to stress, 
stress from environmental stress, stress from eating foods that put stress on your body because caffeine is a very stress uh, inducing type, um, I don't know, beverage that we consume, right? Awesome. And that, put, that impacts, that hit, put, puts the hit on the cortisol, uh, the adrenaline yeah. as well. And so you have all that floating around and that the triggers um, impact your insulin levels. So there are a number of different types of foods and a, a, a number of different types of processes that can exacerbate or create those conditions. Well, you know, Ajwa, with black folks, we need to know, you know, but I mean, a lot of things that people don't understand is like cereal, you get up every morning, you eat sweet cereal, plus it's a grain, you know, you're eating bread sandwiches in the morning, bread bacon, sandwiches? Egg, bacon, egg and cheese. So, a bread I mean, sandwich? Yeah, bread sandwich, you know, they eat a lot of sandwiches. Um, <laughs> the things that we're choosing to eat, um, a lot of oatmeal, it's a grain, but the oatmeal that comes still, in those still packets, cut, still cut. You, it's still cut. <laughs> the grain that comes in those packets are chemically enhanced. So you know the even pop tarts. You know we give kids food initially in the morning that starts them starts their insulin levels immediately as they get up in the morning, and and we don't understand that the the things that we call quick, and and when when you give to children. As they get older, they get diabetes so much earlier in their early 30s because they, all their life they wake up and, and eat these items that turn immediately into sugar in your body. So your body, your pancreas is working from childhood. Mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it's, on, it's on 30. And so when you get 30, it's tired. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? and, and it doesn't produce insulin like it should or it under or it doesn't produce enough insulin. One of, one of the two, it becomes defective. So yeah. when you go into the etiology of the body and you start looking at what we're choosing to eat, and a lot of times it's because of life. Like you said, the stress of, I gotta get to work, I gotta get these children out of here, and the food, you give them pop touch, you give them all of this fast stuff, but it immediately starts the process of insulin. The, you know, and depleting insulin for children so early. So they're saying like three out of five children will have diabetes. At some as adults, because as children they overwork their pancreas. Um, their, yeah, the pancreas. Yeah. So um, we just have to think about. You know, people say, "Well, what foods? Things that you don't even think about." You know, is working your body. Absolutely. I just I had a conversation with my uncle just the other day, who's a, a diabetic and he's on insulin, and we were going through the list. He felt so funny. He's in South Carolina, and, and he said, well, "I didn't know you did this kind of work. I didn't even know you were a nutritionist." And I said, uh, sure. So you need think you need, just call me and we can talk through it. So we were just talking through some of the basic things. And then it is true, people just don't know, really. Don't know. And so he said to me, Well, what about that sub sandwich that I eat? You know, do I have to let that go? Because I do, you know, a friend of mine told me as long as I eat whole grains, whole wheat, I'm okay. And I said, Well, you know, what I tell people is it depends. If you're it, if you're on insulin and you're trying to get off insulin. You don't need a sub, whether it's whole wheat, white bread, rye bread, <laughs> any bread, bread, any bread, yeah. no bread, you know. And so you have to just start at that very basic level of you got you have to eliminate, you know, those types of foods. And then that's a processed food. You got to you got to it's you're not going to find a loaf of bread on the tree. 
you're not going to find a loaf of bread growing in a garden, you know? Okay. So you're not going to find a loaf of bread on a farm. So yeah. just think about it from that perspective. You know, when you go grab that, that box of cereal, is that something you're going to find on a tree? You know, that's yeah. how I think. Just break it down to that level. If when, when you start to look at the choices that you're making, you know, and the further away something moves from the, its natural state, the less nutrients it has. And, and so what that means, because when your body gets, when you put it in your body, your body's saying, well, this guy, this is, has to be broken down somehow. So you know what? It starts using stuff inside your body. It starts depleting your body of minerals and nutrients to break down that thing that's kind of, kind of like a foreign object. When you eat things in its natural state, it has everything it needs to break down uh, in the body it doesn't need any assistance in a sense you know yeah. so that's something else that you have to think about you're making your body work harder when you're putting in things like that so you know for somebody um that is diabetic or hypertension like i said i would say eliminate that the processed stuff mm -hmm. uh, minimize um i would say minimize the amount of of if you're a meat eater min minimize the amount of meat that you're eating because yeah. all that with um, hypertension and it actually taxes the kidneys and so does protein right so when you're putting a whole lot of protein in your body you're on medication that's already a possible side effect is that it's going to possibly damage your kidneys now you wouldn't put it putting because you know uh, kidneys is that's where your proteins and all that stuff is kind of filtered out so you want to be mindful of, of managing the quantities of certain types of foods that you put in your diet um, and, you know, when you go for, uh, I tell sometimes the elders ask me, what about if I eat, uh, if I buy something that's like low fat and instead of something that has the sugar, so you got to read your label. You got to really get into, um, if, if you're going to go with the packaged food, you got to know what you're getting. Yes. You're looking at your labels and, and if it has, you know, now they break it down to what's the natural sugar that's in there and then added sugar, included sugar that's included. So if you see that it has something where it's added sugar, you want to pause on that. And you want to say, you know, if I'm diabetic, this is probably not something that I need to have. And then um, the other thing is, and when you start to go towards this, you know, if you go to yogurt or whatever, that's fat free, be careful, be mindful because what happens is they put in a lot of sugar to give you flavor because once you remove the fat, then you remove the flavor. So they, you know, that's the that's the trick that they the game that they play uh, with the the nutrients to try to get you to enjoy because people want to eat stuff that's palatable. They want to eat stuff that they enjoy. So uh, definitely read your labels. Try to minimize your labels. Try to stay when you're shopping. It's very basic. Stay on the perimeter of the grocery store, right? Because when you start to go into the internal aisles, that's when you're moving into your processed foods, you know, highly processed foods. So if you stay on the outside of the market, depending on what market you go to, of course, but may most markets. Inside, Adwa. Talk about it. Them fake news is in the right. Yeah, that's row. That's in like row five in the. They're in there with the cookies. Right. <laughs> but you're right, though. Stay on the perimeter. Yeah, on and the perimeter. try to keep that image of, okay, my plate, if I have to 
create a visual image of a plate. And, and I am not one that believes that we have to eat three meals a day. I think we overeat in this country. I really am into, you know, uh, the technique they call intermittent fasting, but I just, you know, white people got to put a name on everything, but, you know, people have been eating that way for eons where you eat uh, one, two meals a day and you don't snack in between, but though it, it, they've, do, they've been doing so many studies on intermittent fasting and how that in and of itself, which is not a diet, it's just a, a strategic way of eating your food and eating balanced food with that, that has been able to get people uh, off of their diabetes medication, the hypertension medication, um, it rebalances hormones, it does so many different things for people. So even if it's something where you can start where you might not want to, if you're the type of person that you've been told that, okay, you got to eat all these meals per day, uh, and you got to eat with your medication. Now, if you're on medication, and you have to have food with your medication, that's something different, you know, but if you're working with a nutritionist, you know, work with them to get you to a point where you could have, you know, maybe two meals a day, uh, and then you're fasting um, throughout the evening, so that you're doing like your, your main part of your fast is when you sleep. We, we fast when we sleep anyway, but when you tell people fasting, it's like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Some but, some yeah. of us fast when we sleep. Some of us wake up and eat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> some of us wake up and get eat a little something and then and get a fake news and then go lay back down. <laughs> no, that's actually a good point. Um, can you talk a little bit about why we should? cut off our eating at a certain time, uh, say maybe two hours before we go to bed and the significance between, I mean, the significance of um, not uh, eating and then going straight to bed. And with that- Well, eating in bed. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think in terms of, um, I, I believe that our body, like we are all a part of nature, right? The creator didn't make us any different than any anything else in terms of following the natural cycles of life. So I believe when the sun goes down, that's when you should stop eating, right? Because what nature is saying to us, there's an ebb and a flow. When the when the sun comes up, everything is starting to be at its peak. You know, the energy is starting to be at its peak. Uh, flowers, uh, plants, all those things are you know, coming into their own because they're getting the peak of the sunshine and so are we. So that's why we're outside a lot, of, you know, when it's nice and warm and the sun is out. But then as the night starts to, uh, as the sun goes down and night approaches, everything calms down in your environment, you know, it starts getting quiet, you know, this, and so, so should we. So in the process of, of doing that, if we're following the flow of nature, as the sun is starting to set, you know, I feel like that's when we should start to uh, have, you know, have your last meal, allow your digestive system to calm down and prepare for rest. And then if you're one of those people where it's like, okay, well, I can't, my lifestyle doesn't allow me to just be able to cut it off like that because maybe I'm just getting home from work and I still haven't eaten. Then I would say, yes, give yourself at least at three hours before you go to bed, uh, three hours to eat before you lie down. First of all, um, when you go to sleep, that's the time when your body is um, prepped and primed for recovery and repairing of the tissues and the cells. The digestive process is very energy intense. So it, it requires a lot of energy for your body to digest food. 
So what you're doing, if you're eating and then going to bed, now you're taking away the, that, that resource from your body that would be used to repair and restore your cells in the body. And you're using that energy for digestive purposes. That's not, that's not optimal, right? So that is one of the reasons why it's not a good idea to eat and then go to bed right away because you are interfering with the metabolic cycle. Because what also happens is our metabolism starts to slow down as well. Again, our bodies are so intelligent. The universe made us all, uh, gave us all that we needed and gives us all the signals that we need to do what we need to stay healthy if we just listen and we just stay in tune. And so your metabolism is starting to slow down. That's why, you know, when you come in, you just want to sit down, chill, you know, watch something, read something. You don't, you don't, you don't feel like getting up and being hyped. That's because your body's telling you it's time to slow down. My metabolism slow down. I'm sorry, go ahead. That's the circadian rhythm. Yeah, your circadian, exactly. Your circadian rhythm. And so it's saying to you, you know, slow down, you know, calm down. And your digestive system is calming down as well. But by the time what we're doing, though, is when it's supposed to be calming down, we're revving it back up. And so then your circadian rhythm gets thrown off because of that. And it gets thrown off for a number of reasons, but definitely gets thrown off when you start to eating, eat heavy meals before you go to bed. So I usually tell people, you know, ideally, it's like you eat your heavier meal during the day and you eat your lighter meal in the evening anyway, because your metabolism is starting to slow down. And so you want to support your body as much as you possibly can by honoring that and giving it things that are, that are easier to digest. Oh. <laughs> I think we should take an intermission for Queen to process all of that you just broke down. Because the sun goes down at 5.30. Now how? Uh, depending on what season we in but yeah, yeah it's about it's going down early I and mean, we changing on sunday so time changes so the sun goes down very early i mean i understand what you're saying because one you know people say well i can't eat and lay down but i'm i can eat and, and lay down lay up <laughs> lay over <laughs> lay around <laughs> whatever i have to do you know i don't have those issues i don't i've never had heartburn <laughs> You know, I never have a problem like that. So when people say they can't lay, they can't eat and go to bed, I'm like, please, let me show you how to do it. So, but I don't do it often, but I know I can. So it amazes me when, and you're right, the body needs time to rest. And if it's digesting the food that I keep, because in the, you know, I'm telling you, four o'clock in the morning, sometimes I just get up. I'm, I don't sleep long. I sleep very well, but not long. And I run downstairs and I get a fig new. <laughs> <Read a fake news. laughs> <laughs> then I go brush my teeth and then I go back to bed. And, it's, and then I lay there until maybe six and then I might run downstairs. You know, I'm, I'm like that. My eight, two in the morning, it's crazy. So I'm, my body's just continue, I guess, to digesting something, but it's just one little cookie. But you yeah. said big Newtons grow on the bush. Remember we took <laughs> <laughs> Stop saying the Newton, the fig grows. <laughs> so I'm trying to gauge that. And, you know, I want to give my body a break, but it's, I seem like I've been the one that I move around all day, up and down, up and down. And I just feel that I can eat something like that. I don't eat a lot of food. 
because I'm running all the time. I just feel like it's my energy. You know, like a car, you just keep putting gas mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. And you know, they said your metabolism needs to work for it to work. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you think I need to eat, 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 eat. And then Amadi told me that women need to eat 10 times more than no, men. No, she did, she did. So, See, she's mischaracterizing. <laughs> I will not sit here. <laughs> I saw that reaction. I'm like, I don't know, Queen, about that. <laughs> I did not say that. I'm learning this from my my experts. You they, better take better notes. <laughs> I mean, this recorded, so we can always go to the tape. Yeah. And we have all of these organs that need to eat more. So I'm trying to hold up my end of the bargain. You well, know? Let, me tell, let me say this, Queen. I do, like I said before, there is a thing called bio-individuality. And so what I'm saying is generalizations and applies to uh, some people, but not everybody, yeah. not everybody. So because we are all wired differently, yeah. uh, we all have different metabolisms. And again, we all have a different microbiome makeup. Yeah. So it, it, but in general, this is what I'm talking about for most people, but that's not always the case. That is not always the case. And the thing is, the, the, the number one thing that I would say from our own um, traditions and ancestors is know thyself. Know yeah. thyself. And then when you know yourself and you should know how your body functions and works, because somebody can say one person's medicine actually can be another person's poison, mm. right? It, it's just knowing what works for your body. And at this point, we should be studying our bodies uh, just like we study anything else. We should have a clear understanding of what foods our bodies respond to uh, in a in a in a good way, and what foods our bodies do not respond to in a good way. We should know how much of a certain food we can have before we start to feel a certain uh, for a certain way. We should know when you know we can eat certain things, and it makes us feel a certain way. So it really is getting down to everything goes back down to um, really knowing yourself on a very deep level, because then no when and somebody says to you, no, this is what you should be eating. And you could say, well, no, that doesn't work for my body. I know, you know, I've tried this. I've experimented with this. I've done a food journal and I can make the connections for myself as to what works for me and what does not work for me. So I'm just giving information that I think will apply to most people, but there are differences. We do have different makeup. So we have to take that into consideration. And I remember... I remember reading this raw food uh, book that this sister from the, it was a, a raw food cookbook that this sister from the Hebrew Israelites did many, many years ago. And in there, Dick Gregory, Baba Greg, Dick Gregory said, you know, he, uh, you can meet people who eat really healthy raw food, eat, you know, quote unquote healthy raw food vegan diet. And then you can read somebody who's eating, eating the belly of the pork. And they, they are in such different, they can be in such different places because the person who's eating the belly of the pork, their disposition in life is so different and they're so happy and they're so healthy. And yet this person who walks around and they eat all this raw food or all these uh, vegan foods and they're miserable and their health is, is reflected in their health. So food, I mean, it's so complex. It's not just one simplistic thing that you have to do to maintain your health. It, so many different pieces and components that feed into that healthy being that you want to be. That's true. You know, I just wanted to talk about bad habits because we could, sometimes you learn bad habits. 
like you know i learned like my mother was my mother was fat i was fat you know we learn because of how we're eating so sometimes it happens in your family you look at a whole family the kids are fat the parents are fat and 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 not that fat is a bad thing but it puts you in an unhealthy it puts you in an unhealthy place so usually a lot of how we eat and how we go about our lives we learn this you learn it from your parents you learn what you're going to eat so if you if you're being taught in a way like in down south a lot of times the things that we ate was crazy to me now that i would not even eat at all so i'm trying to just create good habits you know and i, I do have some bad habits but mostly i think as people we have habits that sometimes aren't good for us mm-hmm. and i think laying down and eating is a process that everyone shouldn't do i don't care how genetically made up you because your body has to rest just like your car needs to rest everything that your brain needs to refresh you know all of that everything needs to rest so if you keep if you read all night and read read all the time at some point your eyes are going to hurt you know everything needs to rest so you know that's deep that yeah you know your eyes hurt i read myself into some glasses <laughs> that's the truth you you look at a screen long enough you get problems with your eyes so we every even when you're eating i think cutting off eating at a certain time is a good thing and i got to find out the time that's the issue but i think be, you said about three hours before you sleep right ideally ideally okay and then if you if you follow if you you know looking at like the um like traditional chinese medicine right Mm-hmm. They have a, a a breakdown in terms of the circadian rhythm, which organ responds to what time of the day. And I can't remember exactly all of the organs, but what happens is at that time of the day, this is the height of when that organ is functioning. Mm. And with the digestive system, it's definitely not in the evening. I can say that. It may be around four o'clock, but something between 12 and four. That's like the height of, so that's how they map out like what organ should be doing what and then that's how they map out like if you starting to if you have a um, um a problem with a specific organ they start looking at what's going on at that time of the day you know and being able to map out how you can rebalance the energy in that organ so it's just so many different ways to address health and so many ways different ways of, of looking at it but you know ideally if you could stop if you could if you follow the flow of nature I think you can't go wrong uh, if you can't go follow the flow of nature. You have to, you know, because I, I, we're living in um, a rat race, if you will. So you don't, you're not so, we're not so in control of our uh, times that we eat because every, you know, it's so much driven by capital. You know, the need to get capital. So therefore, that dominates sort of how we live our lives, and so you can't always cut it off. Um, so neatly like that. But if you can say three hours before you go to bed or two hours before you go to bed, then you're more in control of that because that's kind of outside of the flow of nature, but it's still in your control that you can say, I'm going to have this meal at this time. And if it gets down to, I find that what helps sometimes with people is meal planning. Meal planning and meal prepping and not having your stuff available right then and there. So if you are a shift worker, and you know that, um, you know, you go to, when you come home, you come home late. <clears throat> and so you don't have that time to be able to give yourself three hours to before you go to bed because you gotta get something to eat, you gotta cook, whatever. But if you already have something in the fridge, you've already prepped your meals, you have it in the fridge 
and you take it with you, then when you come home, you can unwind. You may not have three hours, but you still have a couple hours here and there before you now have to go to bed. So it's just strategies, trying to strategize on how you can better support your situa- yourself in whatever situation you're in. Right. So there is like a situation for everybody that's out here. So maybe mm-hmm. you're going to go on a date, have the dinner before the movie. Mm-hmm. You dig? So, <clears throat> you know, that, that might be something that you have to do because sometimes um, we eat for our health, but also it's like a part of our social lives as well. Yeah. And sometimes you can get derailed in sort of what habits you're trying to create when, um, you know, when you're in a different kind of social setting. Yeah. And that that's important for your overall health. So you don't want to like, well, I'm not going to go out and, you know, do this thing because I'm trying to stay, you know, you need to be around people. You need to make those connections. So still do it early and have the event afterwards instead of, you know, eating that, that closing down, you know, closing down a restaurant, eating that last call, I guess. That's true. Eating when the kitchen closed. Yes. And even navigating the discussion with your loved ones to, you know, try to, to compromise on a on a time that works for everybody else, you know, without having to say, I need to eat by certain time. <laughs> That's what I'll do sometimes. Like, Can we meet at this time? You know, because then it's like, okay, it's right on that cusp. And, uh, you know, I, we can still all get together. And if it doesn't inconvenience everybody else, can we do it a little earlier? So, right. I, you know, you can get that in. And then the other thing is that um, sometimes you just, you know, it depends on how disciplined you are. Um, you know, sometimes you give yourself that cheat day, you know, it's like, this is my cheat day. So this is the day that I'm going to go out to dinner right. and do whatever, whatever. Again, it's based on your level of discipline. A and, cheat day, not a cheat hour. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, and sometimes people don't even use that. Something it's a, sometimes it's just a psychological tool to, to say, know I that know it's I there. Can. Yeah. Right. I know I can. Yeah. But and it's, so it takes the pressure off because sometimes when people put you in a corner, you know you can't. Then the mind just does this rebels against it. Yeah. yeah. You know what? <laughs> so you don't yes, have to. You know, so you don't have to be that like one friend. They're like, oh, okay. You know. So it's really that thing to. It's more of a psychological tool than anything else. Yeah, I need psychological help. You're right. I need psychological push. <laughs> so, there, so there's two things I wanted to say. One thing um, um, is a good point um, that you made, Adwa, how someone can have this um, heavy meat um, life, eating uh, lifestyle and be completely healthy or seemingly healthy. And then you have the raw vegan that's just really not healthy. That You know, that there are two different dispositions. And um, I'm bringing this up because I used to work with someone that was overweight, maybe 30 pounds overweight. And then for like five years, I didn't see them. And then I'm just, you know, in the store and we ran, we ran into each other and she lost all the weight. And I was like, oh, you know, you look great. Or, you know, how'd you do it? Did you work out? She said, no, she didn't even change her eating habits. It was all emotional baggage that she was holding on to that she released. And in releasing her emotional baggage, the weight came off. And I'm saying that to say that I I have come across a lot of people who exercise five days a week, they stretch, they juice, they eat right, and the scale doesn't move. And these people also have a lot of emotional issues that are not, have not been resolved. They know that they need to resolve them, but they're just holding on to them for dear life, whether it's out of comfort or fear or whatever the case may be. So I think that 
viewers should also take to consideration not even just the way of eating, but again, it goes back to the mindset. It goes back to um, how we think about ourselves. It goes back to emotional um, trauma. So again, there's like you said, it's such a complex thing. It's not necessarily just nutrition at the forefront of it. Um, and the other thing I wanted um, Audra to talk about is again, holidays are coming up. And you know, that wonderful subject of like, ooh, so drinkers, you know, like alcohol, liquor, the spirits. If you know, like, what does it actually do to the body? You know, what, 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 you know, why do we want it so much? I know, man, I know, or I guess I can ask G, why does he want his Uzo? So I do, I don't drink. Just so water. before you get into that, I, I feel like I'm being attacked just a little bit. No, 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 because I, I drink, I drink wine. I mean, I drink occasionally, so no, it's not an attack. No, 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 it's not an attack. No, um, no, but go, you can go ahead and answer. There's no need for me to, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so the, the question is why? Well, well, what does alcohol do to the body? Liquor. Okay. Liquor and drinking. The, uh, before I answer that, I wanted to make a point, uh, uh, bring up something about what you said regarding the, the client that you saw that had let, uh, lost the 30 pounds or whatever, and the uh, whole thing about the emotional component. There's a book called When, uh, when the Body Says No, mm. and the doctor, he's really uh, studied how we carry so much with us and it impacts our health, uh, whether it's weight, uh, whether it's just emotional stuff that we're carrying from our childhood and how that has such a, a tremendous impact on chronic diseases and they have really studied that piece. So I just, wanna, just wanted to say that because I don't think that people realize that connection and it was so wonderful that that sister was able to see, make the connection and understand and let it go because we don't tend to do that. Yep. Mm -hmm. When the body says no? Okay. Uh -huh. I'm looking it up. We don't tend to do that. And what happens is we do find ourselves in situations where we are now faced with cancer and other diseases that is um, correlated to a lot of anger yep. and a lot of emotional issues. So just wanted to say that piece first. Um, in terms of the alcohol, though, and what it does to the body, it, it, you know, it definitely, we know that it impacts the liver. Um, excessive alcohol can uh, lead to fatty liver, and we know that can be a fatal condition as well. Mm -hmm. um, the drinking of alcohol can actually impact the blood glucose levels, but now it's really interesting because Alcohol can actually lower your blood glucose levels uh, and make you almost become hypoglycemic, especially if you're taking medication along with that, like hype, um, diabetes medication. Yep. Now, the, the thing about it, the sweeter things, the sweeter alcohols, like your sweet wines and all that, you know, that's sugar lo loaded with sugar. So that's going to eventually, it's going to spike your blood glucose level. Even though it may drip, dip down, it's going to come back up and it's going to spike your blood glucose level. So it's hard to be able to um, maintain that. And what it does is it really puts you in a, can, you know, depending on how much you're drinking too, it can put you in a path of becoming a diabetic. And now you're talking about uh, dealing with other risk factors such as losing your eyesight, um, amputations, um, neuropathy, where you cannot, uh, you lose feeling in certain parts of your body, poor wound healing, 
Yeah. Um, and it also can impact your sleep. So some people think, oh, let me take a glass of wine. It's going to help me sleep better. Actually, it doesn't. You don't get into that deep realm of sleeping when you're drinking. Now, when you when you drunk, <laughs> you know, you may be somewhere else altogether, but yeah. your, your body isn't interpreting that in, in terms of its being in that deep realm of sleep where it's actually in its restorative state, right? So that's another way that Im impacts you as well. And it also can lead to quicker aging. So, you know, that's why you see people who are alcoholics and you're like, we're the same age. Like, really? You're <laughs> like 80 years old. You know, it's so hard on the body yeah. in so many different levels um, and when, you're, when you're drinking excessive amounts of alcohol. That's true. And it's the only drug that's absorbed by your tissues. Mm -hmm. You know, and so alcohol, you know, it's, it's, it's legal. But I think it's the worst drug out there. And it's nine grams of, was it nine grams of fat per calorie or something? Yeah, it's, it's just the worst drug out there. And you know what, your queen, the worst drug out there is sugar. Yeah. Oh, no, sugar. You're, you're sugar right. Sugar is the most, it's more addictive than cocaine and heroin. Yep. You know, cocaine and heroin, actually, when you take them in, they, they actually work on um, a, a little center of they light up a certain center of the brain area of the brain but when you take in sugar it like lights up the whole oh, thing like a pinball machine so it's yes. constantly like uh, lighting up different areas of the brain. I was saying that we can notice as, as drugs from alcohol to heroin and I think alcohol is the worst out of those but sugar maybe PCP you know, back in the 1600s, they used to keep Ever. sugar on the top shelf in the pharmacy yeah. because it and was. People don't such believe a alcohol is so bad, but it's the worst. Well, I mean, like I said, maybe PCP is worse. PCP, the actions of the tripping is, is worse, but what alcohol does in the body, right? Well, on I mean, a long term effect. It's all bad. It's all bad. It's all bad, but right. alcohol to me is, has the underlying factor that it it is the worst. But no drugs are good. I don't drink, so I think oh, I, I actually read a book uh, years ago, and it is what was it from chocolate to morphine, mm. and, and and it talked about um, it defined what a drug actually is, and it's any substance that you take in that alters the state of the body. Oh wow! And that that can be chocolate, that yeah. can be morphine, and so they talked about a whole host of other. Um, substances in between those two um, extremes. So that, that was a real interesting um, way of looking at it because there are some teas that they put in that book that, you know, like herbal teas. And it's like, because it has caffeine in it and it alters the, 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 um, the body, um, it, whether if it increases the heart rate or, you know, whatever. So it's like, wow. So it depends on the definition of the drug, but everything that we're talking about here tonight it's pretty much all bad. So, the including them, Western diet, the Western it, it, diet. <laughs> including what? Including those fig newtons, because going back to this food combination, <laughs> the 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 fruit and that carb coating really is not a good combination for it's a small the coating. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just a little tiny coating, and it's wheat, Newton. <laughs> Whole wheat, whole wheat fig noodles. Whole GMO wheat. But you know what, Adra, I actually, when she told me I stopped eating them, I bought some today just to, just to 
have a conversation. Have a conversation. But I'm, really, <laughs> I'm coming back because you know I I really listen. I think you know I want to. I know that this body is an incredible specimen, and we have to understand how great it is. And if you keep putting things in it that makes it work or that abuses it, it will at some point break down. And um, so it's important that you make great choices. That that's more than anything. And I'm looking at your skin with that light on it over there, Audrey. You is <laughs> like shining on my forehead, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, but that skin is glowing like Christmas over there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so you doing something? I need to eat with you. My goodness. Come on over there. You're welcome <laughs> to do so. So let me ask you my my last question. When you say half of your plate should be raw, is that like a salad? It can be a salad. It can okay. be just uh, cut up vegetables. Raw? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You cut up you, celery, cut up carrots. It can be bell peppers and have it yeah. with them. It could be like that a little chunk of the, a mixture of like the salad plus that sauerkraut I mentioned or some other fermented vegetables. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I love, I love kimchi. What, what I love kimchi. Yeah, kimchi, exactly. Sauerkraut is cabbage. What is sauerkraut? It is. It's cabbage. It's cabbage. Fermented cabbage. Mm -hmm. You see, I don't eat any of those. It's yeah. cabbage along with other vegetables. Right. Kimchi is can be it can be anything. It's no. just the process of ferment, you know. It's Korean, right? Yeah, it is. And it's usually yeah, spicy. You don't eat that. Yeah, it's, it's spicy. I'm, it's spicy? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. The African and me don't go that way. Well, the, the sauerkraut is the spicy. It's just kimchi that's usually the spicy one. <laughs> so you can you can find something, you know, one way or the other. You know, say yogurt and that type of stuff. You um, can you can get yo you can get um, your probiotics and yogurt. I think about yogurt. Though, a lot of the yogurts on the shelf they've been dairy. Say that again. A lot of it's dairy too. A lot. Well, they even have like the coconut yogurt. They have almond yogurt. They have, um, you know, the soy based yogurt. They have different kind of yogurts. Uh, but usually, like I said, by the time they heat the yogurt, because you want to pasteurize it to make sure that it's a stable, shelf stable. A lot of the probiotics have been destroyed in the uh -huh. heat. But you can't put heat on probiotics. So ideally, you know, if you could, you could make your own. Um, I do that. I do make my own yogurt. I usually make it out of either coconut milk and I, I will get a probiotic, um, a little probiotic tablet and I'll put the contents in there and I make my own yogurt or I'll use what's called, you've ever heard of kefir? Mm -hmm. That's another fermented drink. I get the kefir grains. They be, they're not really grains, but they're, they look like grains. So that's what they call them. And I put that in the coconut milk and I let, uh, let it sit on the the have it covered, let it sit on the counter for two or a day or two, and it's a it's a natural fermentation process that happens. So I say all that to say you can see it's really not difficult to make your own uh, to get what you need in terms of the probiotics if you wanted to do that. But there are some healthier brands of uh, yogurt that you would find at like your health food store, but they haven't heated it. But they you know they usually are very expensive, but they are um, they do have more of the uh, live probiotics or live bacteria in them. Okay. Okay. That's my, I did my last question. How about you guys? Anything final you want to say to us guest? No, um, I don't think, um, you've been very informative and I knew that you would be. It's one of the reasons I wanted her to come on to the show. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I've enjoyed this. I've so I enjoyed it too. And, and I learned too. <laughs> 
<laughs> we always we're always here. Each one teach one. You know, that's what it's all about. Exactly. We gotta have you back. I mean, absolutely. Things that you, I mean, because eating is life. <laughs> <laughs> um, you gotta eat yes. you, you have to eat yeah you gotta you gotta consume something so um what you I'm, I'm just like i gotta do some changing there's some more things i gotta fix so it's about tweaking to continue to tweak and fix and add and subtract and i do want to say this because audra made a really good point that um the digestive process takes not only a lot of energy a lot of water um mm. to, to happen and I, you know, I come across a lot of people. <laughs> I come across a lot of people who, you know, when I do the monthly juice fast, or I, you know, I tell them maybe they should try intermittent fasting, or something that alters their current way of eating. Mm -hmm. You know, they panic because they feel like, you know, they need to be eating. They need to be eating, you know, three meals and snacks in between and. And, you know, and to be honest, when you're fasting or you're eating less, you actually have more energy because mm -hmm. that's less energy being put uh, toward digesting all of that food. Sure, sure. So, so think of it that way. When you feel like you need to eat to get some energy, maybe you should not eat. Maybe you should just drink some water. Hmm. You know, the industry around food, we have to be clear that food in America is an industry. And this three meals a day is all contrived so you can spend your money and industry can work. If we're not eating three meals a day and not consuming this food in the grocery stores, there won't be a million giants. There wouldn't be a million Whole Foods. So you got to understand that whatever they tell us, more or less, is all for capital. And part of that capital, and also the sicker you get, the better the hospitals. I mean, this is, this is all contrived. And, and if you don't believe that, you just watch it. Everything from the meals that the FDA, the FDA is in the business with the hospitals. They're all in the business with each other. We have food, drugs. All the food, drug, it's all a joke. So they're all together and they're telling us these things, but it's all to keep industry going. Keep, keep the beef industry, the cat, all of these, the pork industry, all of that works off of your eating. And so this three meals a day, be careful to think that that's what you need. That might be what they say you need, but the body never need that much food. Doesn't. I've got a great idea. I've got a great way to oh. end. We should end by going around and saying what we're gonna have for dinner. Oh, oh. oh what time is it? That's what I was just saying. I'm gonna have to feed my children soon if I want to go to bed by eleven o'clock. Yeah, yeah. The, the sun is out, so I can say, "Well, okay, you go first, Miss. I got an idea." All right. So we're gonna have salad. And um, I made a really big pot of lentils with a whole bunch of vegetables and coconut milk. Wow. I'm embarrassed. Let me sit back. G? Oh, I already ate. So <laughs> what did you I'm eat? going to step back. You didn't ask what we had. You said what we're going to have. So I'm just well, going to fall have? back on that. <laughs> you don't want to say what you had? Come um, on. I had... Uh, I had some spaghetti bolognese um, and yeah, just a big plate of spaghetti meat sauce and um, some garlic bread. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really sure what spaghetti bolognese is. That's a little out of my um, pay grade. <laughs> we stay with spaghetti. You don't put a bolognese on there. What's that? 
Yeah, I mean, it's just a, a, it's some it's the spaghetti that you think it's what you think it is. It's just your basic meat sauce. It's got oh, carrots okay. and yeah. Okay, but I'm, I made I it with not... I made it with fresh I made it with fresh vegetables. So, mm, okay, is it my turn? Um, I'm gonna have Beyond Burger with some um, snap beans and a two spoonfuls of jasmine rice. That's my dinner and water. So for myself, I, uh, my dinner time is over. Um, what I over? had, yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. I usually don't, I don't eat this way. Um, what I had for lunch though, uh, I had a big bowl of salad and I had a, I made a almond tortilla or uh, almond, uh, I flour. used almond flour, made a tortilla shell, and I put avocado. I had um, some different types of sauteed peppers in there, red, green, onions, and I had a salad, and then I ate like, I would say maybe half a cup of almonds, and then I, not almonds, cashews, and I may eat a half a cup of um, roasted uh, sunflower, uh, pumpkin seeds, and I had lots of water, and I had a cup of tea, and so that's what that's it for me for today. Really? Mm -hmm. I uh, come on, <laughs> you cannot come on here and embarrass me. <laughs> really? Oh, that's what I eat more than that. But today, that's just you know, I go with, you know, it's raining outside. I haven't been moving around that much. I've been sitting you know, on the computer. So I also modify my diet based upon how I'm moving during the day. And I didn't work out today. Um, so, you know, I don't have that much need for high energy, uh, for a lot of energy. So that's, that's what it's going to be. And I might have a cup of tea before I go to bed tonight and some water. But sometimes what I do uh, is I'll put ice in the water and then I'll chew on the ice just because some it's not that I'm hungry it's that sometimes I just want to chew so I'll use the ice as a substitute to be able to help me with that so you're not going to eat after so after lunch so there's no more eating tonight I usually so I, right now I go through the cycle where with my intermittent fasting I'm doing one meal a day I don't always do that I'll do in the week I do one meal a day and then on the weekends I allow myself to do two meals if I want to but right now I'm just kind of, I like to play around with stuff just to see how it, it's going to make me feel. And seasonally I'll do different things too, just to see how it makes me feel. So that's, that's amazing. I want to be like you when I grow up. I'm not. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, um, Amadi, for um, <laughs> introducing that game. We won't do that again. Right. We're put, trying to put everybody on blast. We will not do that again. <laughs> Not with a nutritionist, no way. <laughs> what would you think? I thought it was quite informative. Uh huh. Let me get some water on that. <laughs> Shoot. Thank you all so much, though. It's been such a pleasure. I really, really enjoyed it. It was like being sitting in my living room or sitting in somebody's living room because I don't have a fireplace in my room. And I was just sitting around the fire with a group of friends and they just felt real nice and comfortable. And so I so appreciate it. Well, I'm so glad you was comfortable. I thoroughly enjoyed you. You have such a calming spirit, even though you're, giving, you're laying down the law. <laughs> so calm. 
But that's why, you know, my business called The Nurturing Way. You, you know, I've been trying to be true to that, right? Right. But I'm going to eat them fig news tonight. You need to nurture that out of me. Lay it down, right? <laughs> laying down. Lay, no, not laying down. Strategy is don't bring it in the house. If you, because if you bring it in the house, it's gone. You know, that's what I'm not. Listen, I'm not buying no more after this. I'm not trying to rub y'all face in it because I'm the only one eating it. So I'm done with Fig Newtons. After this 30, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> this is still recording, right? Okay. Yeah, we're still recording. We're still recording. So I, I let me say it right. Ajawa, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay, Ajawa. I really humbly thank you for coming on. You were so informative. What you brought to us was amazing. I know the people will be um, definitely satisfied with all of this information you brought to us. Thank you, Amadi, for suggesting her to come on. You were amazing. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you for having me. And I mean, anytime I can help my people, you know, I, that's what I'm all about. Just like you said, when I talked to you earlier and I was like, who's your audience? He's like, Black people, my audience. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, because we need it. We need someone right. to talk to us. And sometimes information need to come from people that you, that are you. Yeah. You, you, you're more susceptible to take it sometimes. We always exactly. get information take that, take from that. other people. So it needs yeah. to come from us. You know? Right. What you say, G? I said, take that, take that. I just yeah, did it. Yeah. So D, you got any closing words to say to the people? Don't give, she's going to come up with something else crazy to do. Let Don't me just no go ahead games. and do my thing. We have a nutritionist. Can you not say any more damn games? Keep it outro. All right. <laughs> go in peace. Oh, I love that. Two words. G. I think it was three. Oh. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as we have. You can find all of our work at blackboxradio.com. That's B-L-A-K-B-O-X-X-R-A-D-I-O.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Black Box Radio. And find us on Twitter at Box Black. That's B-O-X-X-B-L-A-K. All right. Fit Try Wellness, The Nurturing Way. Don't forget Ajua. And this is Black Box Radio. We're out. Deuces. Peace. Your deuces, Ajua. Deuce. No. <laughs>